Welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Nicole Hudgens. I'm the Policy Analyst for Texas Values. We are the largest statewide organization focusing on faith, family, and freedom right here in the state of Texas. I'm sitting in the chair today uh, because Jonathan Sines is out, but we're so excited that you tuned in. I don't know about you. I've got my coffee uh, it's it's going to be a great day today. I hope you're enjoying spending some time with family, friends. Maybe you're uh, driving to a sports event or vacation, maybe. Uh, there's still a little bit of time left for, for family vacation. I know I'm planning on going on a vacation myself, just enjoying the last bit of summer that we have left. But, you know, even during summer, there a lot of things that happen in the state of Texas on issues like life, marriage, religious freedom, and human sexuality. And this week was quite the exciting week. Uh, This week, senior United States District Judge David A. Ezra heard oral arguments on Whole Women's Health versus Smith, a case where Whole Women's Health is challenging rules and legislation in Texas. And for those who don't remember, Whole Women's Health uh, is a group very similar to Planned Parenthood, they're an abortion provider, and they're challenging rules and legislation in Texas which recognize the dignity uh, and humanity of aborted children. And these rules and law, SBA, ensures that children are buried, uh, children who have been aborted are either buried or cremated rather than being disposed of as human waste. So some really important rules. Certainly we want to make sure that um, every unborn life is valued, and we don't want to see abortion in the state of Texas. Uh, in the case where, as of right now, where a child has been abor- aborted, we want to at least give them the human dignity of a human burial. Again, though, we want to we see where abortion is, is no longer existent in the state of Texas. But until that happens, we need to at least recognize their humanity And that's why these rules and uh, the portion of SB8 that's being litigated right now is so important. And here to talk about it with me today is the Legislative Director for Texas Right to Life, John Sego. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Nicole. Listen, you and your team have been in the courtroom, um, got to sit with y'all and hear these oral arguments that happened uh, this week. Let's talk about first, though, how this case originated. Can you give us the background on how this all started? Yeah, this was actually a case that has a long history. It actually started back in 2016. The uh, Department of State Health passed the rules, and the abortion provider that you mentioned, Whole Women's Health, they challenged those rules and, you know, kind of went through some court fights about it. And then the legislature passed Senate Bill 8 this last year. And after they passed that bill, the lawsuit was updated to be challenging not just the department rules, but this new pro-life law. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Y'all's organization was there. Uh, David, I think, testified at one of the first hearings on those rules. David Walls, our vice president, and then I came in. Uh, I think there were quite a few, 
more than there was more than one hearing on these rules, if I remember. But I, I remember it started all the way back in 2016. Um, so this has been really an ongoing issue where we've the state of Texas has been working on this. Um, but as you said, during during uh, the legislative session, uh, it was added on t- uh, or it was in Senate Bill 8. There was a, a lot of other components to that bill uh, that were important, like the dismemberment abortion ban. And of course, that's a, another case <laughs> that we can talk about later. But um, for those of you uh, who are listening or just tuned in, we're talking to John Sego, who's the legislative director for Texas Right to Life. Uh, John, let's talk about the, these oral arguments that happened this week. There were a number of witnesses uh, that took the stand. I know that there were some exciting moments that, that you talked to me about. Um, can you Can you expand on that? Yeah, this was uh, a long week, five-day trial, and they were talking about this pro-life law that you're mentioning um, that requires the humane disposition of victims of abortion. You know, after these children are aborted, the state passed rules to say how these clinics should handle those, um, that we should handle them in a humane manner to cremate them or bury them. And uh, this was you know, very contentious in the legislature, it passed, and now they're fighting about it in court. And so, you know, what we've seen in a couple of these cases is abortionists themselves, you know, these individuals who they're living, you know, their whole career is uh, about taking innocent human life, they're on the stand, and they're answering questions about their business, about their practice, um, what they do on a day-to-day basis, and it's absolutely revealing of um you know, just the absolute evil of this uh, business, and um, it really is a huge educational opportunity to show the press, to show the, you know, regular Texans that are in the courtroom of really kind of behind the veil of the abortion industry. And what you can see is they don't, you know, provide any kind of dignity. They don't give any kind of worth to these preborn children. And, um, it really is a very difficult case, but the state's done a great job of showing right now the current rules that the abortion industry is following do not uh, provide dignity or dignity to these victims of abortion. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was fascinating, too, in the case is, you know, looking at the law, I, I know that the judge had he's been asking a lot of questions, you know, can we do this? Can we do we have the ability to? you know, bury or cremate these unborn children in a dignified way? Is that even possible? But I think, you know, yesterday uh, or or this week we heard from, you know, Texas Conference of Catholic Bishops. We heard from uh, other funeral organizations that have the capacity to do this, um, to make sure that these children are giving, given a proper burial or proper cre- cremation, recognizing the fact that they are human beings. Um, I thought, you know, some of that testimony was fascinating. Of course, you know, I think the other side was trying to use every procedural rule they could possibly find <laughs> to, to stop this evidence from coming forth. But um, I think we, I think at one point, uh, and the judge, uh, who despite the, the very um, somber 
topic. Uh, the judge even <laughs> provided some amusement by eventually just telling the plaintiff, uh, plaintiff's judge just to sit down <laughs> to raise the objection because there were so many uh, brought up. But but as you said, I, yeah, he mentioned that he, he mentioned he thinks there was a record set for objections from uh, <laughs> plaintiffs and defendants. It's a very contentious lawsuit and both sides take it take it very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. Um, with, and, and like you said, the, the Attorney General's office has done a fantastic job of, you know, bringing forth the evidence that, that this is possible and that we need to implement this law. Um, any other thoughts on, you know, some of what you guys have heard as, as you're listening to the oral arguments that you think our listeners need to know about this case, you know, sometimes the press won't cover some of the really key components uh, that, that are on our side. So was there anything that stood out to you that you feel like our listeners need to know? Yeah, and I think you mentioned it a little bit. There's kind of two sides to the case. There's um, the practical questions that you brought up of whether there are enough vendors, whether there are enough uh, crematory, crematories and um, funeral homes that are willing to practically provide this service to bury and cremate these children. Um, but then there's this whole other side that our opponents want to completely ignore. They want to completely ignore the state's interest in preborn life. They would prefer that a court never looks at what the Supreme Court has said, all the way back to Roe, that each state has a legitimate state interest in protecting um, pre-born life. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is at the core of several lawsuits we're in right now, but it's absolutely critical that no court ignores that Texas has a state interest to protect innocent human life, to uh, value these children, no matter what's legal, no matter what's allowed uh, across the country, there is a legitimate state interest. It's not all about um, this you know, made up constitutional right to elective abortion. Um, there is this huge component that we do have the right to protect innocent human life, and that includes the preborn. That's right. And and for our listeners who may have just tuned in, we are talking with the legislative director for Texas Right to Life, John Sego, talking about this recent federal court case. So, you know, John, there's so many four cases that are challenging Texas pro-life policies um, in the state of Texas, can you expand on, you know, certainly we just talked about Whole Woman's Health versus Smith, but there are a few others that are happening. Can you expand on, on some of these court, other court cases? Yeah, that's a good point, Nicole. Um, a lot of pro-life Texans kind of get confused of every time they see a headline, there's another lawsuit, there's, you know, another trial. And uh, so I know on you guys' website, you put a good summary of the different cases going on, TexasRightsOfLife.com. We put up an article explaining the four uh, active lawsuits that we're involved in right now. Um, but, yeah, so what you have is you have this case about, uh, you know, handling the victims of abortion humanely. The one that we're most excited about that you mentioned earlier is the same plaintiff, Whole Women's Health, challenged uh, a another part of Senate Bill 8 that prohibits something called dismemberment abortions. And this is a pro-life strategy very similar to the partial birth abortion ban that passed um, back in the early 2000s of kind of highlighting one specific abortion procedure and arguing 
that this is such an inhumane, such a torturous procedure that Texas has a right to prohibit this one type of abortion. And you remember the Supreme Court um, upheld that type of approach, that type of strategy in 2007. And mm-hmm. Justice Kennedy, who we've all been talking about so much lately, he actually wrote that opinion that said that state interest in preborn life is so strong that you can prohibit um, you know, procedures if they're so inhumane, if they're so torturous. And so what we did at Texas Right to Life is we looked at his record, we looked at his words, we looked at what was going on in the abortion industry and said, okay, you know, Supreme Court, we have another example for you, another um, terrible, horrific procedure that we're going to highlight, that we're going to focus on and prohibit. And uh, it was dismemberment abortion, but that's what we prohibited. It's going to delay it until, of course, the abortion industry is challenging that in court as well. Right. And I mean, I, I remember... Um you know, hearing the closing arguments for that case when when it was the same in the same court courthouse uh, as as we've been in this past week, um, you know, all the all the way uh, back to last year where this where this case was being heard, and and I'll never forget sitting in that courtroom, and uh, the attorney general's team pulled up uh, some evidence from an abortion clinic that said. Essentially, there are other options that are better than a dismemberment abortion. And it was clear going, wow, okay, even the abortion industry agrees that there are other options um, that are not going to be as barbaric. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, folks need to remember, we're talking about innocent human life here. But to even go to the extent of tearing apart a child while it's still alive you know, limb by limb, uh, that is a barbaric practice. And so even when abortion clinics are saying, hey, uh, there are other ways that that aren't, um, you know, as, as safe or, or I don't remember the exact wording, but, you know, seeing that, seeing that document up in the courtroom, I mean, it was clear <laughs> that, you know, we, yeah. we have a winning argument for ensuring that the unborn children aren't barbarically um, torn apart that way. So Right, and Nicole, it's a great point. And, you know, Texas Life, we get to lobby in the Texas legislature alongside you guys at Texas Values. And you remember in 2017, this was our top legislative priority mm-hmm. for this reason exactly. If, you know, this is a very dynamic bill that does several things. You know, legally, it's a very important this strategy I talked about earlier of continuing the logic the Supreme Court used, but also what you just mentioned, that cultural impact. You know, when we uh, argue this bill in the legislature or even just, you know, out with our pro-choice neighbors, we get to highlight the injustice of elective abortion. And we get to, you know, kind of shine light that this is not women's health. This is not um, an acceptable practice. This is an act of violence. This is really gruesome. And even, you know, my pro-choice friends, they even kind of concede, okay, I'm for abortion generally but not this type of abortion. Um, and so that educational aspect is extremely important. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing that I uh, am so thankful to see within the pro-life movement is that not only are the policies changing and, you know, the, the courts are changing, but we're seeing the culture change, that people's hearts and minds are realizing what abortion really is, the taking of the unborn life. And when we see the culture begin to shift on this issue, you know, in this upcoming generation, 
being the strongest pro-life generation, uh, we are, I believe we are going to see Roe v. Wade overturned. But with, you know, because we have all these components, certainly we've got the policies, but if hearts and minds can change and the culture can change, then then all fronts um, of, of this fight are, are covered and, and we're seeing this next generation even more pro-life than than the ones before. And, and that's so hopeful, knowing that unborn lives are going to be valued and they're going to be protected, you know, in our state and in the rest of the nation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk recently about what's going to happen with Roe v. Wade, what's going to happen to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, we're rooting for uh, you know, these hearings to happen quickly with Judge Kavanaugh to see if he is the right nominee for the court. You know, but this case, this one about the dismemberment abortion ban, this is the case we want before the new Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. This, uh, you know, when we look at where is the movement headed big picture, this is a great tool that we've pushed and we want it to go to the Supreme Court. Um, we want them to look at what Justice Kennedy said back in 07 and expand that logic to other uh, procedures and recognize that states have a very um, robust, uh, legitimate interest in protecting preborn life from abortion. And so when we look at, well, what's going to happen next with Roe v. Wade, this is a huge case to be watching, Whole Women's Health versus Paxton, about the dismemberment abortion ban. And uh, so we're very excited about that. It's at the Fifth Circuit right now. Like you mentioned, we've already been to the district level. And we're waiting for the oral arguments to be scheduled for the Fifth Circuit and then hopefully next term when the Supreme Court gets uh, you know, back into session with their new justice, this will be one of the first abortion-related cases before them. Mm-hmm. Very, very important case. Um, we're so thankful for the work that y'all are doing at Texas Right to Life. Uh, you know, really quickly, going into the session, there is going to be um, a lot happening. <laughs> uh, but, you know, recently, you know, our both of our teams, both of us were at the Republican Party of Texas convention. And, you know, as, as y'all have done at Texas Right to Life, looking at, okay, what legislation needs to be passed? How is this going to uh, impact the courts? How can this legislation impact the courts? Um, you know, looking at that whole, you know, big picture strategy, but another component of that strategy, uh, you know, looking at what the Republican Party is doing. What are they prioritizing? And I know that, you know, both of our teams were on the ground at RPT, uh, and there was some, there was a legislative priority put in place for the Republican Party on the pro-life issue. Can you explain to our listeners what that priority was and why it's so important? Yeah, the Republican Party of Texas was uh, a great convention. And like you mentioned, you know, you and I were in the same committee meetings. And uh, one of my favorite things about convention was seeing Nicole from Texas Values running back and forth between the <laughs> committee rooms during the, uh, all of the hearings about the platform. And you did a great job making sure that the platform stayed on track. And uh, I was thankful at that point. I only had one topic to watch uh, because you were covering it all. So, uh, But yeah, at the Republican Party of Texas Convention, they um, adopted some legislative priority language, uh, kind of instructing the legislature what the grassroots expect them to focus on. You know, there's thousands of bills filed in the session, and this is a tool that the uh, grassroots can say, hey, legislature, we want you to focus on these issues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know that 
something you guys worked on um, of the Privacy Act and some religious liberty language was in there. Uh, we also had a pro-life priority, and it endorsed uh, a very important policy called the Preborn Non-Discrimination Act, uh, PRENDA for short, the Preborn Non-Discrimination Act. And this is uh, a policy that we're working on with a couple of very excited legislators to um, stop discriminatory abortions, these types of abortions that are motivated because of the child's um, gender, because of the child's race, uh, or a suspected disability. And uh, several states have already kind of are leading on that, of passing these bans on discriminatory abortions, whether they're sex selective or whether they're, um, you know, being motivated by some kind of um, racist ideology, whatever it is, some states have seen, hey, this is a way we can protect life by using what's already in law about discrimination. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a very, very aggressive bill. It will prohibit abortions all the way to uh, conception if they're being discriminatory. Mm -hmm. And uh, it fixes some loopholes we have in law that don't protect all preborn children equally. Um, and it also expands this ethic that Texas has that we want to protect all preborn children, um, even if they're not perfect, even if they're expected to have um, some disability or, uh, you know, some abnormality. Right. And this is such an important piece of legislation. And if I remember correctly, you know, the House even had an opportunity to vote on an amendment that would address this issue. But unfortunately, uh, it was stopped uh, by Representative Byron Cook. Uh, so the House didn't get to vote on it. But the fact that uh, I know that we've got so many pro-life legislators uh, that would say, no, we shouldn't kill a child, you know, simply because they're a boy or they're a girl or, or they, they may have a, a fetal abnormality. They're still created in the image of God and they're still a precious life. And so, you know, we totally agree that th this is important legislation that, that needs to protect the unborn. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that with us, John. And I know that you guys are going to be on the ground during the legislative session uh, in the courts following this very, very important issue. And, and, you know, John, real quick before I let you go, I know that, you know, a lot of people hear that Texas is, is pro-life and in so many aspects we are. But, you know, I think it's important for people to realize there's a lot more work to be done um, can you just expand on that a little bit, everybody? I think a lot of people think Texas is the most pro-life state, but we've actually got a bit of work to do. Um, can you talk about that, you know, for just a minute? Yeah, absolutely, Nicole. And, you know, you and I, we share this value. We believe that elective abortion is uh, an act of injustice. It is a bigger, stronger party taking the life violently of a smaller, weaker party. It is it is completely unacceptable. And uh, Texas is trying to do a better job of, of supporting women, um, supporting uh, those families that are expecting or that are uh, facing unexpected pregnancies. And we can do a lot more um, in that. But at the end of the day, taking uh, the life of an innocent human being is unacceptable. And so until that is uh, unthinkable, uh, until that is outlawed in Texas, we still have a lot of work to do, uh, you know, but when you look at nationally, how we size up, you know, as Texans, we have the big, the big ego, we have the big head, we like to think we're the biggest and the baddest, uh, you know, of everything. And when it comes <laughs> to pro-life legislation, it's the same. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, by national groups, we're ranked 
number 12. We are the 12th most pro-life state uh, in the union. And that, that cuts a little bit against our Texas, you know, pride because mm-hmm. we think we're the best. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do. And these loopholes um, that allow preborn children with disabilities to be aborted all the way up into birth, that's a huge reason. Um, you know, another issue we haven't talked about today that we'll have to say for another conversation is medical ethics. How do we protect the innocent human life um, in hospitals or in hospice services? Um, right. And, you know, those is another important component to the pro-life ethic. Um, but and there's a lot more we can do in, ab- in Texas to protect life. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are so thankful to have you on the show, John, and we encourage people to go to y'all's website, uh, Texas Right to Life. Great organization focusing on protecting innocent life uh, from conception to natural death here in Texas. I believe y'all's website, texasrighttolife.com. Thanks again, John, so much for coming on the show and keep up the great work. Yeah, absolutely. You too. And uh, it's, it's an honor to work beside Texas Values. Thanks for having me on, Nicole. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of of the Texas Values Report. We're so thankful that you joined us this week. We don't want to forget to remind you to go to our website, txvalues.org. You can find out about the policy conference that's coming up. You'll hear from people like John Sego. We've got the lieutenant governor, uh, Senator Lois Kolkhorst, Alliance Defending Freedom, Family Policy Alliance. Uh, We've got a number... Texas Supreme Court Justice Eva Guzman, Texas Supreme Court Justice Jimmy Blacklock. We have legislators coming. We've got a great lineup, and that's going to be September 7th and 8th. If you go to our website, txvalues.org, that's txvalues.org, you want to register today because our early bird pricing is going to be stopping soon. (laughs) We're going to have to raise up those prices for uh, the closer that we get to this conference. It's only 30 bucks. $30. $30. So, and that includes a lunch likely from Chick-fil-A. So you can't go wrong with that. $30 to hear a lineup of incredible speakers. Uh, again, September 7th and 8th, you can go to txvalues.org. And, and last but not least, we are a 501c3. We also have our uh, action arm, Texas Values Action, which is a 501c4. And Listen, the way that we can keep the lights on and continue to do the work that we're doing for faith, family, and freedom is because of donations from people like you. So I encourage you to go to txvalues.org. You can make a donation today. Any amount will help us continue to advance the work to protect life, marriage, and religious freedom in the great state of Texas. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great weekend.